or no, this is your last chance. No beating around the bush. Perhaps I was talking when I should have been listening. This is the Redefine Relentless Podcast. Welcome back to Redefine Relentless. It is episode 89, and we're going to be talking about generalist or specialist. Which one? It's hard to say in all these variables, but we're going to be breaking down a lot of those variables and trying to depict which one's best for you in your situation, your age, whatever it may be. We're going to be trying to consider all variables, and we're going to be breaking it down in an employee stature and as well as an entrepreneur stature. So, I want to really depict that because you can be an entrepreneur just as much as you can be an entrepreneur. So this is really the ultimate career decision, as some may call it, with taking the path of becoming a specialist or a generalist. There's pros and cons to both. Um, A lot of people might think specialist because you're niched and you can make a lot of money. But there's pros and cons to that as much as there is to a generalist. So let's talk about real quick the different types of employees. or employee types. And I want you to think of a graph uh, and then the x-axis being your the right to left being the skills or topics that how many you have. Uh, that's like the master of all trades. Hey, you have all these trades on the x-axis. And then your y-axis, which is your up and down, is the level of skill that you have. And there's an I shape, which is a expert in one area. And then there's a dash shape, which is like a minus sign, which is basically jack of all trades. And then there's the T shape. So you are jack of all trades, um, but then you're specialized in one. There's like the M shape. So you're specialized. But again, the furthermore, you can be super specialized and you'll be really high on the level of skill up and down, but you won't have the broad sense of that and you can't connect outside parts. So it's also important. There's like M shape, there's pie shape, there's comb shape, but Anytime you add more expertness on on the jack of all trades and you have, it can't be all the way at the top. All the way at the top would be one area. So also thinking it in that parameter, I highly look, highly recommend you look up different employee types in the sense of like they kind of make up letter skills. Um, there's like X shapes as well, which is like um, just breaks down a bunch of different things, which I think is interesting, but I'm not going to focus too much on that. So employee generalist, again, we're going to start with breaking down employees and then we're going to talk about entrepreneurs and then we're going to conclude and talk a lot about the factors. So with employee generalists, there are three pros that came to mind, especially with the uh, research that I was doing was uh, versatility. So broad range of skills and knowledge, which allows you to have a variety of tasks and objectives you can do. Um, And you could be a valuable asset asset in your organization as you hurdle towards that uh, priority of roles or responsibilities. And then adaptability is the second one. So versatility and then second one, adaptability. Uh, and I'm just going to say the third one, uh, opportunities for growth. So with the second one, adaptability, often being able to adapt to new situations and environment more easily than specialists. So you have a broad sense, so you're able to adapt a lot better to situations in most cases. And as you as they have a diverse skill set in what they do and they have a draw of a ranges of experience, it's important to realize that they adapt a, a, a pretty much a lot easier. This makes them well suited for organizations that are constantly changing and evolving because if you're niched in this, you can go out like – like AI or software basically takes your job, but you're out of luck. You didn't diversify your, your, your skills. So you were tied to one thing down and you become a lot vulnerable. We'll talk about that more in a second. And then opportunities for growth. You can open up to more opportunities for career advancement uh, and be able to do new roles and uh, have more responsibilities as they become available. So this is 
at the end of the day, this is really my recommendation is uh, generalist, become a generalist. I think especially at a young age, it's important to become a generalist because to tell you the honest God truth, uh, like probably 90% don't know what the heck they're doing. And when they get a job after college, high school, or whenever it may be, it's the fact that you don't know, but you're like hoping you have an idea. Some people, you know, really know, but it's like that 5% that really know. So it's like, you have to try a lot of things out and try a different, a lot of skills in order to hone in on what you're passionate about and your interests are. And then you can start advancing in those skills. And those might change in 10 to 20 years. And that's completely fine. That's why having a mixture of it is very important to me. Because especially with your risk value in what you're de- what you're spending your time into developing those skills is very important. So let's talk about the cons of becoming a generalist as an employee. You have limited expertise. You don't have the same level of expertise as one area of a specialist does. And then you have an increased workload. You may be asked to do more wide range of tasks and responsibilities, aka getting a heavier workload in diversified things, which can be bad because now you're switch tasking. Uh, Episode 20 in the previous episode 88 um, talked about that uh, a lot with switch tasking and how multitasking is no such thing and there's data that proves it. It's it's, you, you aren't as a productive being a generalist at your job. Um, and then another con is you have a limited earn, earning potential. That's probably the biggest con in becoming a generalist, and it's very important to realize and open your eyes to. Um, and so when a specialist has – they have a command for a higher salary, whereas generalists, due to not being specialized or niched in their skill, they can get placed in a very important part of – Thinking about generalist is uh, another episode that I did, Lynchpin, which is basically becoming different and not becoming disposable. When you're purely a generalist, you are highly disposable at what you do. Um, disposable jobs, um, you know, working in a factory, you know, the Amazon uh, warehouse drivers and stuff like that. Um, again, it depends a lot on your situation. Like if you're, you need some side money and you're trying to build a business or et cetera, or Christmas gifts or something, totally understand that. But I'm talking about long-term vision is important. What I'm talking about in this podcast episode, and you're going to have limited earning potential hundred percent. But again, if you're passionate about what you do and you like being a generalist, then go for that. That's really important that you're passionate about what you do. And I completely understand. Now let's talk about specialists as an employee. There's a pro of, um, Obviously, you have expertise in that. I'm not going to go too far into that. It's just a deep understanding. Number two, you have focus, uh, which can lead to more efficiency and effectiveness in your work. And it can be very beneficial to the industries that have a high level of uh, specialization. And we'll talk about some uh, industries uh, after we talk about entrepreneurs. Number three, career advancement. Being able to, so it kind of went hand in hand. It's same thing. There's career advancement in, you know, generalist and specialist, but more so in specialist, but you're also at a ceiling of becoming a specialist, which is really hard. And then the con is becoming limited versatility as well as uh, narrow focus and dependent on specific industry as or a role. You may have a more limited range of skills and knowledge as a generalist for limited versatility being number one. Um, And it'd be very difficult to adapt if you're all in one basket on this skill. And then your narrow focus, uh, you can make it more challenging to do new roles or responsibilities because you're so niched in that one area like we talked about. And then obviously what I just said with the dependence dependence on a specific industry or role, you become very vulnerable because it can become 
an insecurity of if AI or a software takes over that uh, job and you did really well at that skill or niche, there's not a whole lot allowed. So like an example of this is like people, producers and um, that were in the studios producing and then software came out. They, they were really good at what they did, but software just basically took on what they did as well as like factory workers, as well as so with generalist as well. I mean, it's it's a risk that you take in both no matter what and where you go. It's like when you're a factory worker, well, there's machines. Uh, I mean, not completely, but there are machines that do a lot of that stuff um, now and basically take that role of like factory workers or it got put overseas. You know, when you're a generalist and a specialist, it's good to keep in mind those things at to what level you should be a generalist and to what level should you be a specialist because there's a risk to that. But if you're, you know, completely all in one basket, you can make a lot of money because you're niched. Just a quick second away from the podcast episode, please leave a review, share with friends and family. I really would appreciate that and turn bell notifications on so you know when I drop the next podcast episode. That being said, enjoy the rest of the episode. So which one as an employee should you be? So it de- depends on a lot of different factors and circumstances, but you want to keep in attune to your career goals. And again, it's good to be a generalist, especially when you're young and to understand what you like and then to, to dive in to become more specialized, um, I think is really good advice overall. So uh, when taking into effect, this is what you should consider what's right for you as an employee, your interests and your strengths. And as you develop, you can go more further into it. Um, in a particular area. And then your career goals, like I just said, you want to, as a journalist, you may have more flexibility for opportunities to grow. Um, And again, that's why I said become a generalist, especially if you're young, and then work on specific goals um, to attaining to your career goals and your interests and strengths and what you're passionate about. And number three, uh, another thing you should consider is your industry. The demands of your industry will influence heavily upon your decision to become a generalist or a specialist. Uh, It just depends because certain industries are specialization and then others are a wide range of skills and expertise. Uh, and again, it's okay to be a generalist, but again, you you need to have some expertise at some level on that graph, right? Because if you're just a generalist, you're really highly replaceable and you're not going to make that much money. So let's dive into um, entrepreneurship as a generalist. And again, I think it's very important to point out that you have to, your vision versus the entrepreneur is very different. Your vision should be in your industry should be niche into what you want to do. You want to have a blue ocean. You don't want to have competing and, you know, competing against prices and all that. Um, but anyways, let's jump into entrepreneur as a generalist. So some pros is the ability to adapt as being a generalist. You're able to see the changes and challenges in your industry or market because you have a wide scope of what's going on. And then the versatility it's to the fact that you're more versatile and able to move and handle more tasks, um, which is good and bad. It can cause switch tasking, which isn't productive. And then three, uh, comprehensive understanding. You can think, well, the most important part about comprehensive understanding with becoming a generalist is that you know how different parts and how they can fit together. Accounting, uh, marketing, is that worth it? Is my return on invest? Like you have to know these things in order to really progress your, your business if you, if you want to. So again, uh, the entrepreneurship generalist, its pros are adaptability, versatility, and comprehensive understanding. Its cons are limited expertise. Um, oh, I haven't even gone over that. So let's talk about the cons real quick. Limited expertise, you have a, obviously dip- – you don't have a deeper understanding. You can't charge as high as a price. Um, and then time constraints. Basically, you have broad knowledge in which is very time consuming to, you know, uh, understand things and to really broaden your scope on these skills. 
And then you may be limited to the time that you spend on other aspects of your business as well, which could be a, a, a con. That's why it's really important to also hire people that are better at doing things. You might hire, depending on your financial situation and your business, you know, starting or wherever you're at, a lot of variables go into that. But eventually when you have a good cash flow, healthy business, year two, three, five years down the road, you can start hiring people to take the jobs that you aren't as good at or you don't enjoy doing. Because you definitely have to be the jack of all trades, especially when starting a business. Um, it, you really do, um, for the most part. I can't really think of any situations that you wouldn't be a jack of all trades. And then number three of cons of being an entrepreneurship generalist is difficulty standing out in a crowded market. It's just you're really in a competitive market. And then let's talk about entrepreneur specialist. So the pros of that is have, being expert, obviously deeper understanding. We all knew this. And then a niche market in that vision potentially can command higher prices. And with being in a niche market is a blue ocean. So you really ideally uh, don't have that much competition if you're really niched um, and understand that. And then you have professional credibility because you enhance your professional credibility when you focus on one skill very much so uh, a lot more than others. Some potential Cons to becoming a specialist as a business owner include uh, limited scope of vision, which, again, I think it's very important to become a generalist and a specialist. So limited scope, you can limit and it's harder to adapt to changes. And we've talked about that a lot or challenges in your industry to do that. So limited scope and then dependent on a specific market. Um, your business is more vulnerable to the changes of that market. Again, some software AI comes into like your service or whatever you're doing that can destroy what you're doing. Uh, and it's good to have a wide scope on that vision. And as uh, it's long-term vision, and you, that's what I talked about in episode uh, 87, Alex Ramosi, $100 million offers. Very important you listen to that. That was one of my best podcast episodes. Not that, you know, the other ones aren't that good, but that one's really powerful in business terms. Um, and you either grow or die and you have to have, a, could this, you know, could something come in and like, sometimes you can't see all variables and that's the toughest part. And I completely understand that. And then number three, uh, limited versatility, as we've talked about in really in entrepreneurship and becoming an employee, it's very important in understanding that. And you can notice there were some comparisons, but there's a differentiality between the entrepreneur and employee to take into those factors and why I built a parameter around that. So as a business owner, should you become a generalist or a specialist? So let's break down some things you might have as a and I think this is really good for you to listen to ears perking up at this this point uh, when breaking this down. So with becoming a business owner, you have to understand, you have to identify a clear value proposition, defining your target market, developing a business plan. Potentially, you don't always have to in every case scenario. Building a strong team, very important, especially with growth of your company. Establishing your financial plan, networking and building relationships. Those connections are very important. Continue learning and adaptability and understanding. You have to market. You have to have good customer service depending on product or service. And organization, having a high quality product or service so you don't have to deal with the low quality stuff. And you give more value than you take in payment. Innovation, risk taking, resilience, adaptability, etc. Got to know how all like how to have repeat customers, how the customers feel value. Like how do they feel value? The customer service, the personalized experience, they show you show appreciation, a sense of community. 
take feedback, all this different stuff that you have to do, which is why you have to become a generalist, especially jack of all trades, but you are specialized in the term of your vision in your company, which is very important because you can raise a higher dollar value when you're selling a higher quality service or product. And you don't have to deal with as many headaches when you have a crappy product or a crappy service. That's just broad range and does a bunch of different stuff. That's why I said in hundred million dollar offers, it's very important to stay niche into your market. So you, there's, you create a blue ocean. There's not a lot of competition there. So you need to be a mixture in conclusion. You got to be a mixture of a generalist and a specialist with knowledge. Being a generalist can help you have a broad understanding of various aspects of your business and can make it more adaptable to when you face challenges or changes in your industry. On the other hand, being a specialist in a particular area can be beneficial if you if it allows you to basically, what's the word? Offer a unique product or service um, that allows you to differentiate yourself from the business competitors. Again, building that blue ocean. Ultimately, the decision to whether becoming a generalist or a specialist will depend on your needs and goals to your business. Again, all those variables into account. Focus on developing a strong foundation of a general business knowledge, and then you can scope out. Identify the areas that you can become a specialist in. That's again, what I talked about. You need to become a generalist, especially when you're uh, young and then learn which skills to tap in that you're good at, you're passionate about those types of variables. So you need to continue to assess. That is a very, very important part. Continue to assess what is important and like what you want to do becoming a generalist. Don't just flow through life because then you'll stay plateaued and stay at the same pay where you could, there's a dependency uh, or discrepancy where you can um, basically switch and then become, you can be, if you're a generalist and you're specialized in certain tasks, you become very niched because not, but again, it's harder to find jobs that are parallel to becoming that niche. So it's again, realizing that vulnerability when, when you become uh, but again, there's pros and cons of everything. I think you should become basically a comb shape is my conclusion is like really being able to have a broad range of specialized skills and then expert in multiple skills. Um, so there's a high difference between um, employee and being a CEO of a company or owner of a company, depending on your industry, your situation and your passion. There's a lot of factors that we talked about in this podcast episode. So as an entrepreneur, I think you should become a generalist in business, you know, understanding accounting, how it works, the marketing, when to market, when it's good, understanding ROI, your return on investment, and then like learning how you can track your marketing to make sure you're getting a dollar or a decent return on your investment. And then like, you have to build a strong team. You got to network to like, you know, meet a lot of people to have different channels potentially and people to help you with your business, give you advice and stuff um, and have very much so a clear value proposition. You have to have that, like identifying your target market. You have to understand again, that market that you're going for and like organization should be a really high priority. You don't want to be a big mess, especially when it comes to taxes and accounting. And you can like outsource accounting. You don't have to become a specialist in it. And no one, unless it's your business for like an accounting business, shouldn't become a specialist in that stuff. You should be outsourcing that. But there's softwares. There's um, accounting firms that charge not that high of a price for a small business if you're starting. Or depending if you're a big business, you already have an accounting firm, obviously, um, that's, that's helping you most likely unless you're an accounting business. So you really should become a generalist in business and then a specialist at your market in your industry. But again, being able to see, you got to have wide scope and a zoom in. You got to, you got to be able to do both is very important. And 
again, finally, finally, this is what I conclude between entrepreneur and um, employee. You got to have a mixture of generalist and specialist. If you just are a generalist, you are highly replaceable and you are worthless. But then again, remembering that specialists can be vulnerable, you got to diversify a little bit. And lastly, I just want to talk about examples of generalists and specialists like I talked about in the beginning. So consulting, very tight, uh, like clients across industries. If you're consulting, entrepreneurship, you can have to, you have to wear many hats. But again, it depends on, you know, your, you got to think about your market and industry. You got to be niche about that. Project management, you work on teams of specialists and you, you're basically understanding and coordinating these teams of specialists. And then like education, there's people that teach a wide range of topics to students at different ages and ability uh, ability levels. Nonprofit organizations is another example. Uh, human resources, they have the responsibility of recruiting, training, managing employees uh, on a and like technology, although can be both in bull case scenarios and be specialists, like technology can like move very fast. I did a, a actually a study of my own about just about social media's last about six years before they fall out, lose popularity because they don't understand and they don't adapt as quick as they should. Um, and then examples of specialists are like medicine, lawyers, um, like obviously in medicine, there's doctors, nurses, technicians, and lawyers. They're, they specialize in criminal law, corporate law, tax law. And then there's scientists that focus in biology, chemistry, physics, and engineering is another uh, place which focuses on mechanical, electrical, and civil engineering. And then there's finance, which investment, banking, asset management, financial planning. Then there's marketing, which is like digital marketing, content marketing, public relations, etc. And then there's education. Once you get your PhD, you become specialized in a certain area. Um, and so that's very, you very much so become a specialist. And then there's art and design. Artists and designers are often specialized in a particular medium or style of what they do. My personal thing real quick, uh, like my podcast, I, I try to niche my audience and my vision to what I have, uh, focusing on my primary market, 18 to 24, and then secondary being 28 to 34 um, of the age. And then I focus around the collegiate entrepreneurship very much so a lot. And I give advice, business knowledge, and try to motivate where I can. And then my job, I love being a generalist right now. And I prefer it that way because I have a wide scope of skills, but I'm also diversifying in uh, data analytics and understanding business. And then I understand more multiple different things. It's important to have a wide scope on all of everything, especially when you're trying to eventually create a business. Like in my standpoint, I am, I'm trying to become a, my vision is become a generalist and I'm becoming specialized like in data, data analysis, uh, which is good. And then, um, you know, certain areas I know how to hire, but I'm not an expert at hiring. I know how to word job applications and stuff like that. I know how to make reports that are very important for tracking certain things, marketing, I do marketing. I'm doing a bunch of different stuff, which I like because I'm able to, I'm starting to tap in now to becoming specialized in things that I like. I like data, honestly. So it's like I've become specialized in that. And um, that's very important in recognizing. I thought I'd just give a, a quick thing on what I'm doing. That being said, this is going to be wrapping up this podcast episode. I hope you enjoyed this one. With that being said, I will see you on the next one. This has been the Redefine Relentless Podcast. Catch you guys later. And that's the last you saw of them. You got it? <laughs>